part two chapters five and six of perkins the faker a travesty on reincarnation by edward s van zyle this librivox recording is in the public domain how chopin came to remsen chapter five a polish fantasia ah sure as hindu legends tell when music's tones the bosom swell the scenes of former life return dr Leyden i made a clean breast of the whole matter to mrs jack van corlear the next morning i had sent for her early in the day saying that i was in trouble and needed advice and she came to me at once it was a great relief to me just to look into her eyes and hold her hand it's about tom she remarked sagely has he done it again her question made me realize fully the awkwardness of my position close as our friendship had been i had never gossiped about tom to mrs jack if there is anything more vulgar than what tom had once called extramarital confidences between women i don't know what is but i was forced to talk about my husband's increasing eccentricity to somebody or endanger my own mental health i knew that i should derive temporary nervous restoration from a heart-to-heart -heart confab with a woman who has the reputation of being a mighty good fellow i have heard people complain that mrs jack was too horsey for their taste but if you are seeking a friend who shall possess courage reticence and common sense pick out a woman that rides a fondness for horses seems to enlarge a woman's sympathies while at the same time it increases her discretion he has not actually done it again my dear i answered but he threatens to he informed me at breakfast this morning that he intended to accept the invitation of the chopin society furthermore he said he was going to send the society a check for their chopin monument fund tom's a thoroughbred isn't he exclaimed mrs jack with what struck me as ill-timed enthusiasm but tell me more about signorina molatti did you keep your promise to her yes i told him this morning about her call do you know he seemed to be actually pleased it wasn't like tom at all young women always bore him and he has a special abhorrence for people connected in any way with the stage now winifred tell me honestly has tom never played a note in all the twelve years that you have known him never 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 i cried hotly it was so hard to make even mrs jack who fully understands me get at my point of view and he wins a big handicap for the first time he starts mused my confidant it's miraculous is there a strain of music in his blood my dear any of the remsons gifted that way not that i ever heard of i answered rather petulantly mrs jack's surmises seem to be as unsatisfactory as my own solitary musings is he going to play for molatti she asked presently the blood rushed to my cheeks as i realized that this was the keynote to the whole conversation he says he is i confessed reluctantly you may not believe it but he actually joked about it said that it would be cruel on his part to withhold from a worthy young woman what an expression a pleasure that might restore her appetite and sleep mrs jack laughed aloud despite the frown on my brow give him the bit my dear she advised playfully you aren't afraid of a little black filly over a distance are you but tell me what does tom say about it all you tell me that he speaks of his recent rendition of the chopin ballad as a seizure for nearly two days my dear i fondly imagined he had forgotten all about it he didn't speak of it 
but last night he went into the library and recommenced his researches into the life of chopin i couldn't help laughing at some of the comments he made but he was in dead earnest all the time i am forced to believe tom really thinks he is it seems so absurd when one puts it into words thinks he is haunted by chopin's spirit or something of that kind mrs jack's mood changed and the merriment in her face disappeared do you know she remarked thoughtfully i am sometimes inclined to think that we are awfully ignorant about some things i have heard of so many queer occurrences of an uncanny nature lately and among the very nicest kind of people too and it used to be really good form to have a family ghost you know perhaps it's coming in again old fashions have a way of cropping up again haven't they i could not refrain from smiling at mrs jack's peculiar attitude towards psychical mysteries however i refused to be led into generalities but just look at the ludicrousness of the idea i began admitting my dear that chopin's soul has grown uneasy and desires a temporary reincarnation would he be likely to select tom as a what shall i call it medium wouldn't he be more inclined to haunt a man who was naturally musical or at least loved music but you know mrs jack what tom is he hasn't the slightest liking for music of any kind unless he has been a great actor for many years never for an instant forgetting his role i am sure of this what can we know about the methods or longings of a disembodied spirit argued my confidant logically enough perhaps chopin was backing a long shot just for the excitement of the thing i glanced at mrs jack half angrily i thought for a moment that she was inclined to poke fun at me but her face was as serious as mine and i repented quickly of my unjust suspicion and thus we talked in a circle for an hour or more mrs jack lunched with me and finally persuaded me to spend the afternoon with her driving along the riverside as we drew up in front of the house about five o'clock i turned to her with gratitude in my heart and eyes and voice thank you so much my dear i said gratefully i'll come to you in the morning if there are any new developments in the case i had turned away when mrs jack called me back it's a problem that you and i can't solve little woman she said affectionately if he has another attack or any new symptoms develop what would you think of consulting a specialist i'd go with you of course we needn't give out names you know a specialist in what i asked trying to repress a feeling of annoyance that i must conceal from a friend who had been all kindness to me at a crisis think it over returned mrs jack vaguely i'm sure i don't know who is an authority on what did tom call it chopinitis but come to me in the morning anyway i may have something really practical to suggest and don't touch him with the whip tom's a thoroughbred you know my dear good-bye as i entered the hall depressed by a quick reaction from my recent cheerfulness i was roused from my self-absorption by a revelation that drove the blood to my head and made me dizzy for a moment from the music-room always unoccupied at this hour of the day came the weird searching harmonies of a polish fantasia arranged for the piano and violin the effect was marvellous softened by distance the perfect accord of the two instruments bore testimony to the complete sympathy that existed between the pianist and the wielder of the bow there was something in this half-barbaric music that set my veins on fire 
hardly knowing what i did and with no thought of what i intended to do i crossed the drawing-room quickly and noiselessly and stood motionless at the entrance to the music-room i remember now that i felt no sensation of astonishment at what i saw it seemed to me that the picture before my eyes was just what i had come from a remote distance to gaze upon tom was seated at the piano his back toward me beside him stood signorina molatti her cremona resting against her shoulder they had not heard my footsteps and i realized that if i had yelled like a wild indian they would not have come to earth they played like creatures in a trance and i felt the strange seductive hypnotism of the mad sweet feverish music that they made as i stood there voiceless motionless helpless hopeless vainly i appealed to my pride vainly i strove to act as one worthy of the name of Modène. the shock had been too sudden too severe and i could not trust myself as silently as i had come i crept away recrossing the drawing-room i encountered the butler in the hall my face flushed with shame as i said to him if mr remsen asks for me james say that i have not returned then i stumbled upstairs to my rooms dismissed my maid curtly and gave way like a foolish girl to foolish tears chapter six consulting a specialist an angel is too fine a thing to sit behind my chair and sing and cheer my passing day edmund e goss but madam the symptoms in so far as i can gather them are insufficient for an accurate diagnosis you have stated the case clearly and in minute detail but my experience in the new school of medicine if such it can be called convinces me that you have inadvertently omitted some significant factor in the premises without which i can vouchsafe to you nothing more valuable than sweeping generalities in other words you have given me an opportunity to lay before you a theory but no chance to suggest to you a practical line of action i looked helplessly at mrs van corlear and saw that she was scanning dr emerson woodruff's strong thoughtful face attentively presently she glanced at me as if asking my permission to speak and i nodded to her in acquiescence we have told you doctor began mrs jack that this uh friend of ours plays nothing but chopin that's important of course exceedingly remarked dr woodruff impressively his hands folded across his chest and his head bent forward even at that critical moment i found myself wondering if all practitioners of the anti-materialistic school were large dignified magnetic men with majestic brows and bright searching eyes but he's not always a soloist went on mrs jack in a low but vibrant tone he has shown an inclination of late to travel in double harness piano and violin you know an enigmatical smile came into dr woodruff's face for an instant the man's intuition was so quick and keen that i had begun to fear i should find it difficult to maintain my incognita you say he asked presently turning toward me that his general health remains good he has no tendency towards melancholia doesn't grow flighty at times in his talk i have never seen him look so well as he does at present i answered wearily i had come to dr woodruff against my will succumbing weakly to mrs jack's insistence and now the whole affair appeared ridiculous and the doctor's questions irrelevant and futile my interest in the seance if that is the word for it was reawakened however by the physician's next question who plays the violin for him he asked curtly 
Mrs. Jack answered him at once. Signorina Molati. You know her by reputation? Yes, he answered. I have heard her play. She has a touch of genius. They must make great music together, Molati and your friend. A lump came into my throat, and I clutched the arms of my chair awkwardly. That Dr. Woodruff had noticed my emotion, I felt sure. "'Well, what is your explanation of all this, doctor?' I asked impatiently. "'I was thoroughly out of harmony with myself, Mrs. Jack and the physician, and my pride revolted at the false position in which I had been placed. A skeptic who goes to a clergyman for guidance sacrifices both his logic and his dignity.' Here I sat in Dr. Emerson Woodruff's office, under an assumed name, telling a stranger weird tales about a supposititious acquaintance who was in reality my own husband. Had I not been unfair to Tom, Dr. Woodruff, and myself? Surely the road to truth is not through a zigzag lane of lies. My dear madam, began the doctor in his most pompous manner, the case, as you have stated it, is unique in the annals of what I take the liberty to call the new science new that is to the western world to the brooding east the introspective sapient miracle-working orient there would be nothing strange or inexplicable in what your er friend calls his seizure i have seen in india phenomena that should i describe them to you would wholly destroy what little confidence you have in my veracity and common sense may i ask why you have come to me madam you have no faith in the school to which i am devoted his voice had grown suddenly stern and i avoided his gaze in confusion the ease with which he had read my thoughts offended and frightened me it's my fault dr woodruff cried mrs jack loyally i persuaded her to come i have been over the jumps before and i rather like the course but it's pretty stiff going at first you must acknowledge to my surprise dr woodruff laughed aloud his merriment restored my equilibrium and i hastened to explain won't you believe me doctor when i say that i have not come to you in an antagonistic mood i am intensely interested in the problem we have laid before you and i feel sure you can help us to read the riddle we have a friend who has no music in his soul suddenly he begins to play chopin like a master then he develops a fondness for duets we fear the future presently he will begin to neglect his business and his and and his wife added the doctor glancing at me quizzically then he turned sharply toward mrs jack is this man fond of horses does he ride before he became so completely absorbed in his profession he was a marvel over timber she answered with enthusiasm i remember she began reminiscently never mind ancient history i cried rather rudely i really can't see dr woodruff what his cross-country skill has to do with his chopin seizure as i understand it madam explained the physician evidently hurt by my petulance as i understand it you are desirous of turning your uh friend's mind from music you tell me that his professional duties have had no effect in this connection to use an expression that is not often employed by psychologists a counter-irritant is what i had in mind it is not strictly scientific to prescribe a remedy before the diagnosis is completed but as i gather from your words you wish to attempt a cure at once i am sure there flashed a gleam of suspicion not unmingled with contempt from my eyes as i scanned the doctor's face 
surely it was absurd to suppose that if tom was really the victim of some supernatural manifestation he could be restored to a normal condition by a resumption of his equestrian enthusiasm furthermore what was i to gain by the line of treatment that this psychological poseur seemed to have in mind was it not just as well for my peace of mind to have tom playing duets with signorina molatti as chasing an aniseed bag across fields and ditches in company with mrs jack van corlear or some other horsey woman do you think he has been hypnotized by signorina molatti i asked bluntly anxious to pin the physician down to some explanation of tom's eccentricities that should not offend against probability admitting the possibility of hypnotism in this instance answered dr woodruff gravely it would seem to be much more likely that your friend had hypnotized signorina molatti do you not agree with me taking all the circumstances into consideration i was forced to admit to myself that his argument was sound but i could not imagine tom in the role of a svengali whichever way i turned i was at the horn of a dilemma the fact is madam began dr woodruff very seriously the fact is that your reticence has placed me in a somewhat awkward position while you have apparently made a clean breast of the whole affair there are several gaps in your story that i must fill up before i can be of any great service to you there are various explanations of your friend's remarkable outbreak that naturally suggest themselves most people would assert at once that he had deliberately concealed his musical ability for years planning to make a sensational debut when occasion served you have rejected this explanation as inconsistent with your knowledge of the man's character i accept your view of the matter and lay aside as untenable the seemingly most reasonable solution of the problem practically but two lines of conjecture remain open to us your friend may have been hypnotized may have become the plaything of a harmless medium who possesses a sense of humour and enjoys a practical joke but i must admit this explanation appears far-fetched and involves several very improbable hypotheses the doctor paused for a time and eyed us musingly i felt better disposed toward him than heretofore recognizing the fact that i had been listening to the words of a well-balanced logical man who might tread lofty heights but who always stepped with care if dr emerson woodruff was a mystic and a dreamer there was nothing in his outward seeming or his mental methods to indicate it how many hurdles on the other track asked mrs jack abruptly pardon me said the physician gently i didn't catch your meaning there were two lines of conjecture open to us explained mrs jack after we had agreed that what shall i call him the man with chopinitis is not a liar you don't accept the hypnotic theory dr woodruff what's the other would you be shocked asked the psychologist suavely if i should suggest that your friend may be possibly under the direct influence of the spirit of the late frederick francois chopin that's what tom thinks i cried excitedly and then bit my tongue regretfully dr woodruff's penetrating eyes were fixed on me i said that there were gaps in your narrative he remarked reproachfully your friend i take it that his name is tom believes then that he is under the control of chopin i think he does i answered not very graciously he has spent much time of late reading the details of chopin's life um exclaimed the doctor like one who comes gladly on a new symptom in a puzzling case would it not be possible madam for me to see this man unobserved myself if i could hear him play it would be throwing a flood of light on the case 
as it is i am groping in the dark and and in case sir that your worst fears are realized i faltered can you do anything for him can he be cured you see doctor she didn't marry chopin naturally the look i gave mrs jack quieted her restless tongue but the fat was in the fire yes the murder's out dr woodruff i confessed wearily we've been talking about my husband we were very happy together before his seizure and-and now and now his wife isn't one two three cried mrs jack excitedly and it's a burning shame can you do something for him doctor surely you don't think it's chronic do you the suspicion of a smile crossed the physician's face and i felt the blood come into my cheeks i had no intention of laying my marital misery before the keen eyes of this strangely powerful man but somehow i felt a sense of relief now that he had come into possession of all the facts if you think it advisable doctor for you to hear my husband play i said presently i'm sure it can be arranged he has agreed to give a recital at the rooms of the chopin society to-morrow evening he has asked us to go with him could you not obtain a card he would not know of course why you were there i have many friends among the chopin idolaters it is easily arranged remarked dr woodruff as he rose and ushered us toward the exit from his inner office meanwhile madam i shall make a close study of the case from the data already at hand i am very grateful to you for coming to me and i think i can safely promise to be of service to you au revoir to-morrow evening at eight as we seated ourselves in the carriage i turned angrily to mrs jack why did you betray me i cried it was cruel cruel mrs jack smiled affectionately and seized my hand don't be annoyed at me my dear i was merely doing justice to dr woodruff it's absurd to try to put a thoroughbred over the water jump with blinders it's unfair to the horse to say the least End of chapters five and six.